0: Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax. How you doing, man? Good evening, good morning, good
0: afternoon, whenever you're to us. I am doing very well, thank you very much. I'm now sat in a different room in the new palatial mansion. I'm sat in what will be a spare bedroom because I took the table out of my daughter's playroom to replace it with a futon. So I can have a separate TV area in there for a later date when she's old enough just to
1: fuck off out of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I will put a caveat on this one. It is boiling fucking hot in the UK at the moment. So I do have a fan on fairly far away from me. So if there is a slight whirring... Go fuck yourself. I don't care. Yeah. It's really warm. <laughs> it's really funny. We plan to record this on Tuesday of this week. Mm. And then we we're
0: like, no, it's a bit too hot. Let's do it tomorrow. And then my daughter decided to have an absolute breakdown at bedtime. By the time I got to sleep, it was like, all you'll just hear from me on this podcast if
1: we do it. Will be you going, you got anything else to add? No. Nope. <laughs> 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 yeah, this one was delayed a week because I had some family stuff going on. My mum broke a knee. <laughs> Uh, And then we delayed a couple of days. So yes, cheers for sticking with us. It's been a bit more regular than we'd like it to at the moment. But you know, we've got a hell of a next three episodes coming up
0: though. Yeah. And before we get started, um, as we spoke about and obviously edited out quite a lot of the Speaking Out movement episode that we covered a while ago, I've now finally had time to go through my t-shirts. Uh, of pro wrestling promotions and wrestlers that I had purchased and I've managed to charity shop about 90% of my wardrobe so <laughs> like me if you are in the need of a nice summer t-shirt or you can even cut the sleeves off and turn it into a vest I urge you to go to amazon.co.uk search world of wrestling podcast buy a t-shirt because I've ordered like 20 now because I just needed t-shirts so sweet that's all I'll wear to work It's great for in the gym, great for at work, great for at home. Great if you want to go for one of these uh, socially distanced dates where you've now got to wear a mask when you bang someone from behind under government guidance. (laughs) You know? Sure. Maybe you've got a bit of a jelly belly from lockdown and you've got a date and you want to cover the gut. Get a World of Wrestling podcast t-shirt. The ladies will love it, probably, and they won't see your man (laughs) punch.
1: Buy a t-shirt. So yeah, Amazon quid. UK, search World of Wrestling Podcast, you'll find it's
0: 15 quid. It's super cheap. I used uh, yeah, to be so complimented for these wonderful transitions and links into selling these t-shirts, and now I think it's just gone off the rail going some completely no, no, the no, other no, way. No. That one was a bit long.
1: <laughs> like, you know. I just I wanted to get in the, the government guidance
0: on having sex during a pandemic with someone you don't live with, suggesting
1: you don't have face-to-face positions. <laughs> and you've got oh, to wear I a enjoyed mask. It. it was Properly out of the left field, though. it was a bit surreal. I enjoyed it, it was good fun. It's basically anything that goes on at Arena Mexico backstage. <laughs> no comment. So today we are gonna be starting our Brett vs. Owen trilogy. Obviously, Brett Hart, Owen Hart. Uh, we are today starting with Dodo WrestleMania 10. Um, a classic. Uh, I realized straight away as soon as I started watching this show, we'll go over the details in a minute. I started realising that I don't think I've ever watched this whole show in full until now. Oh, really? Well,
0: interestingly, from the prequel podcast, one of one, one of my really early memories of wrestling was on this show during the Savage and Crush match, which we'll get to.
1: Oh, right. So I mentioned was it, that. Was on, it the scaffolding bit? Yeah, basically
0: the finish. Okay. And I remember, I remember that one from from the prequel episode when, when we started this but that's one of the first really niche sort of pins and stipulations that i remember because you know this was on the 20th of march it's in 1994 <laughs> so i would have been i would have been 11 at this stage now, i would have been 10 i'd been 11 later in this year dude this was my eighth birthday my uh, birthday is the 20th of march and unlike unlike you who was eight this wrestlemania was dubbed 10 years in the making well done creative it's almost like they're booking it now (laughs) 10 years in the making it's wrestlemania 10 jesus christ
1: we definitely need to go into the backstory of owen and brett a little bit but did did you think watching this show wrestlemania 10 that a lot of it was kind of just carny bullshit (laughs) I thought, as th- in the the booking and the segments, not the wrestling, not the wrestling, just to clarify, but like all the bits in between were just like, What <laughs> like,
0: look it, I, and I know we'll get some it. if you're talking about the think being given a, a wig and a Bill Clinton impersonator being like hounded by money inc for most of it, no, I thought <laughs> it's perfect and completely legitimate,
1: <laughs> brilliant. So, uh, we are at Madison Square Garden, New York City, the 20th of March, 1994, my 8th birthday. Uh, WWE Network is where I watched it. Obviously, this is live on uh, pay-per-view. I'm assuming you watched it on the network as well. I watched it on the network, soon to be home for terrible, terrible (laughs) progress wrestling. Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, So the attendance for this show for a WrestleMania, remember, was 18,065 people. And that seems very small, but Madison Square Garden is small. So
0: there we go. Still didn't make a million dollars on the gate, though. It made 960,000 and had a pay-per-view buy rate of a 1.68, which was down from um, the 2.0 that uh, WrestleMania 9 had reached. So it was a lower buy rate
1: and still a gate of under a million dollars. I mean, talk about shows you have to apologize for with your next one. (laughs) WrestleMania 9 is that one that, you know, we need to apologize for here. Let's put on a good show tonight, boys. Yeah, and and I think,
0: as we'll get to, I think all in all, um, they did a great job of it.
1: I fucking love this show. absolutely adore it. This is prime wrestling for me.
0: I will say this now. The fact that, obviously, we've got some in-between segments, uh, which are... I mean, obviously, it's aimed at mainstream because it's Mania as they kept on going on uh, this time, this is the Super Bowl of professional wrestling because Starcade was still shit at this stage, but it was starting to get better because that's when you had the NWO coming through. But Mm -hmm. you have to have these celebrity crossovers. You have to have this, well, you don't have to, but they do. They have the stars on 90210. You had Burt Reynolds, who has buzzed off his tits, turning (laughs) up to this. Um, So it's all the stuff with mania that I enjoy. Obviously, they're not celebrities that I'm aware of other than Burt Reynolds. But... (laughs) the the fact that there are well
1: there's there's one in the opening that we'll get to in a minute but hmm. but there are there are storylines here talk about coked up to your (laughs) eyes jesus christ Yeah,
0: (laughs) 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 but there are storylines running into this that actually do there are stories in pretty much most of these cars excluding something to do with you know Mr. Whippleman, John Tenter, and Adam Bomb later <laughs> on in this uh this card. Most of the main matches, even, Best when, you're looking, the night, but yeah. even when you're looking at Bam Bam and Lunar against Doink and Dink, there was actually a storyline going into that.
1: <laughs> Just saying it out loud makes me laugh. It's Bam Bam and Lunar against Doink and Dink. You're like, What? <laughs> <laughs> How is this a thing? so but yeah absolutely uh, even the story for that it, it's fun it's interesting it's engaging so but just because obviously we are covering
0: as rich said before we are covering our brett owen trilogy but the main thing to th- that wwe were promoting for wrestlemania 10 was that they were having two wwf heavyweight title matches after the contro- controversial ending of the 1994 royal rumble where hmm. both luger and brett simultaneously eliminated each other. Luckily, they didn't have as many camera people around at the time. (laughs) Sure, yeah. So, basically, what had happened uh, for the main uh, storyline going into, well, what they wanted to be their main storyline, so revolving around the WWE title, was that After a disagreement between referees at Rumble in 1994, where they did the whole thing of someone raises Brett's hand and they play the music, then they played Luger's hand and realized he can't be our champion. Uh, so what happened? (laughs) Facts, mate, (laughs) absolute facts. You know it in storyline mode. Jack Tunney, love to love a bit of Jack Tunney on this card. Um, basically said both wrestlers would get a title match at Mania, and basically, both. Both were declared winners of the Rumble. And in classic WWE fashion, they agreed on whoever won the coin toss first <laughs> would face Yoko for the belt. He's the current champion. Um, and uh, and Luger won the coin toss, so he had to fight Yoko first. And then, But it was decided that they would have to wrestle twice that evening. So as Luger was going to face Yoko, it would be unfair for Brett to not have an opponent. And step four, Owen Hart,
1: who uh, is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Brett and Owen both are m- some of my favorites, but I always felt attached to Owen for some reason. Uh, I think it's uh, his awesome, silly personality. One of my favorite Owen characters ever is Owen as part of the Nation. You know, enough's enough, and it's time for a change. in this sort of ship with his hazard. I think w- he's. Yeah, I was gonna say
0: with his hazard warning tape on his gear.
1: I just think he's a hilarious human being, which is just an absolute favourite of mine. Uh, Brett is just pff, the excellence of execution, man. He's just the best. He's really, really fucking good. And seeing them together is just such a privilege, you know. So, so, so yeah.
0: do you want me to set the scene of how we got to Owen and Brett at this stage?
1: Sure, go for it.
0: So... This stems back to Survivor Series of 1993, uh, where we have the Hearts versus the King's Court, and Owen was the only one eliminated. Um, and also, so so that that led to some start of dissension in the ranks. They also had an issue where another tag match as well, where Owen was fighting in the ring and Brett had been uh, injured, in inverted commas, was staggering along the ring apron. And then they showed this clip in the vignettes that we see that Owen ran into Brett, causing Owen to lose focus, and then he got eliminated. And that was the Survivor Series match. He returned to the ring, confrontation with Brett, and in the following weeks, Owen demanded a match with Brett, And in Vince McMahon's style in the booking... Brett refused to accept the challenge. He's never
1: going to face his own brother. Why would they do that? Rah, rah, rah. So. You now, I realise watching these kind of uh, montages back that explain all this, they you, they recycled this storyline for Kane and Undertaker. Yeah. Which, because it worked. Yeah, I never realised up until this point. I'm like, oh shit, this is exactly the same story. <laughs> if you go to WrestleMania 25 for Matt and Jeff Hardy as well. Yeah, not quite the same, but, you know,
0: <laughs> we'll get that. So, both pilled up. Um, however the story was trashed too but yeah let's stick with Owen and Brett On so we get to Rumble 94 and the two have made some form of reconciliation they're going to go and reunite and face the Quebecers uh, the Mountie and the Pirate (laughs) or PCO as he's more commonly known as and again during the match Brett suffered yet inverted commas another injury the referee had to end the match so, um, Owen was upset by this that Brett had cost him another match, and he turned on him with that iconic kick to the leg. <laughs> he kicked his leg out of his leg!
1: <laughs> and, th- and, from- legit, one of my favorite pro wrestling moments of all time. I'm going to kick the leg out of your leg. Because <laughs> the way he trails off as he says it, it's so fucking funny. And Brett absolutely I
0: crumbled underneath that leg out from his leg.
1: Sure. He sounded like a beast to be fair.
0: So if you're thinking at the time there were this was you know, there were the big four pay per views. There was Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series and Rumble, you've essentially gone, even though there's still little bits building up to it before Survivor Series, you've gone half a year. You've gone half a year just to build this. And it's still not even the main focus of the story. Cause it's still yeah. gonna be Brett Lugio Yoko. You've just got this other story, these various layers of storytelling, and that's one of the things I really, really enjoy about this mania.
1: It's just the overlapping of the stories is beautifully done. Genuinely, it really, really is. Let's that, dive in, yeah? I think that's uh, most of the backstory, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's that's me done, then we get to mania. Cool, awesome. So, our commentators for this evening are Jerry Peterfarlala and Drum roll, please it's vincent kennedy mcmahon yay
0: Unbelievable!
1: At this point a <laughs> maneuver! <am> I, <laughs> I did start doing
0: an unbelievable tally and i lost count at seven about three matches in
1: <laughs> i thought vince was kind of off form for this one in general i think what do you think
0: he he was just disappointed due to his general Infatuation with Little Richard. I think he was just disappointed by his performance, and that's when he <laughs> decided to change Johnny B. Bad's character, Mark Mero. Wow.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the thing with uh, Vince on this show is that he does the introduction like he always does, and he warms his up, and he does a great job with that. Then he gets some commentary, and he's just calling it like it's it's a regular show. You haven't got him going unbelievable every two minutes or all this sort of stuff. He's not like really putting it over hard. I think he's more focused on just making sure it runs better than the last WrestleMania ran, and that the storylines get put over properly. That that would make sense, and I think due to
0: the criticism of WrestleMania Nine, him feeling he had to be on commentary and not being able to be backstage and do everything. Because if you think that he's similar to how he had um, later in the nineties, you had like the the multi channels, so you could mm. speak to the speak to the truck, speak to the back desk. I can imagine a lot of Vince was switch off, shout about a production thing, come back on, and that's why a lot of people's because of uh, unbelievable.
1: <laughs> exactly, uh, Jerry Lawler. This is one of his very first things with WF, isn't it? His first? It's definitely his first Mania because
0: he'd been yeah. uh, he'd been around um, in '93. Because as we mentioned in our in our last episode with the um, the GWF where Lorda was signed, I think it was late 92, early 93 anyway. Um, he he was basically t- playing around here, and he'd also had his feud, yeah, he's had his feud with the Hearts, he'd had his stuff with with Brer. Isaac Yankham had already been around, I think, at this time. I could be wrong, sure. but I think he'd been around at this time. So, um, yeah, it was good Good for the King to be actually relevant and on form. And, uh,
1: yeah, it was, it was a
0: fun... It was a fun commentary duo.
1: Yeah, uh, Jerry Lawler has a few ringers on this one. Um, but yeah, uh, I wanted more from Vince. He gets gets more enthused as the main events start to crop up. But, you know, I don't know, just a little criticism. So our ring announcer is Bill Dunn to, and his mullet to start with. Uh, um, uh, I say to start with because, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> so the show starts with a lovely, sparkly, warped WrestleMania 10 logo and straight into the opening vignette. As the show starts uh, again, I, this is where I realised like, I'm not sure I've even seen this introduction package ever. So uh, yeah, uh, the opening video package, um, some '90s kind of emotional sitcom, 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 <laughs> sitcom star music playing, uh, showing past WrestleMania moments. I mean, that music tax whew. brings a tear to the eye. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it did, <laughs> because. After the kind of like shitty sitcom music kicks out, we get and legit, I was just like, Oh yeah. You know it's It's, good when you
0: get that music.
1: WrestleMania, dude. It's not that version, it's just the music version. (laughs) But like you just I'm desperate for them to kick in, you're like, pop it up, pop it up, pop it up, and it never happens. You're like, oh, come on.
0: I also liked mm. that you know classic WrestleMania style, multiple referees, got and I, again as you said, Bill Dunn, ring announcer. We did have a WrestleMania dark match, which was not covered on the network, and I tried yeah. to find any tape of it, but I couldn't. But we would have been treated to the Bushwhackers taking on, you know, our new favorite Roddy Piper impersonator, Tom Pritchard and <laughs> Jimmy Del Rey. <laughs> um i would have loved to have seen it i wish it was on the network somewhere i couldn't find it and that was the heavenly bodies coming out on top but then as you oh, said we, we go into ring introductions we had vince mcmahon doing his rousing speech and as always what do you Mania, think about
1: the, well, hang on, hang on. what do you think about the tux with the red tie combination the bow tie oh it's vince it pops <laughs> red was the color of monday night raw Ah, uh, Sure, yeah. I mean, it, it felt a bit... Um, no, this is WrestleMania. It's black tie, bro. Like, what are you doing? Ah, uh, But he's Vincent Kennedy, man, damn it. <laughs> sure, sure. So, can I read uh, Vince's introduction? Fire away. Welcome, everyone, to New York City. I'm really pushing New York hard on this show. Uh, welcome to Madison Square Garden, and welcome to WrestleMania 10. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here to sing America the Beautiful the wild man of Dobbs. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen little richard i got so hyped when i realized it was little richard doing the introduction then the music kicks in and you hear little richard singing but he ain't moving his fucking mouth <laughs> did you ever listen
0: to i, I know you know he's he's Majority full of shit, but it's, you know, why let the truth get in the way of a good story with, um, on Bruce Pritchard's podcast where he'd mm. spoken about, um, Little Richard at, um, WrestleMania and saying, I haven't,
1: how coked up was he? Oh, uh, he was
0: just basically saying how shit he was and the performance right. was terrible, which might be why it's a bit dubby dub dub. Oh, so was it not dubbed originally? I don't believe so. I
1: believe that it was live and in living color mm. interesting we're gonna have to research this i didn't know that otherwise i would have tried to look it up beforehand interesting because it's very very obviously dub. like he is completely out of time with everything that's happening and he does not look to be in a good state at all if you notice as well some of the fan reactions
0: during his singing <laughs> if, if you go back and watch it and see some of the faces in the
1: crowd where it's one of those sort of semi-screwed up faces of mm. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of that um so he's obviously been hanging out with jake roberts because he's at fucking <laughs> up to his eyeballs uh we only see him singing for a moment or two before cutting to America montage uh and it uh, is what it is um good to see a shot of the is- uss
0: intrepid as well <laughs>
1: we see that again <laughs> later <laughs> Did you also notice the Asian chap in the front row who was literally in full Shawn Michaels-like cosplay from 94? So we had the chaps and the leather vest. Like, you know, oh, what a man. That was awesome. He was a, a proud, proud man. <laughs> so the ring is the usual light blue WF canvas, but we do not have the ring ropes that we're used no, to no, WrestleMania. No. We have the iconic WrestleMania ten black-gold-black black variation. I think this is the only show they ever did this for, right? I can't remember seeing it on another show. The black it, and it's, gold. It's kind of brilliant in that whenever I go to see an image of, like, Brett or whatever, like, you instantly know if it's from WrestleMania ten or not because of those black and gold ropes and such, and I think it's a really nice little touch. Considering it was MSG, just the
0: way they laid it out, and I know you can't do much with, with, with wrestling at MSG, but it just looked just having that slight difference to the ring ropes, the big gold X behind it as they're coming down mm-hmm. the entrance. I just thought it's simplistic and it worked.
1: Yeah, they've spray painted the railings gold. They've got the big sliding doors at the entrance to the, the um, Madison Square Garden entranceway. You know, it's it's pretty iconic to be fair. I think it looks beautiful. I really love this
0: up. And as you said, every time you see shots of Brett and Owen or even, I mean, I was going to say even like Sean and, and Razor, you know it's WrestleMania 10. You just need to look at that yeah. venue and then you just go, that's, that's WrestleMania 10.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. So Vince introduces Lawler from ringside after like being shocked at how bad Little Richard was. Lawler immediately stumbles over his first line. I was like, hey! <laughs> uh, they put over the Bret, Yoko, Lex, Owen matches tonight. Pretty hard. This is their big, their big focus of this intro kind of um, talking segment. Uh, and they immediately cut to a Brett and Owen video package. Um, and they say Brett couldn't cut a promo. Brr, watch this segment. Jesus Christ, these two are working strong. We've kind of gone over the backstory already, so we don't really need to go over it too much. But it's basically, you know, Owen is the shitty heel younger brother and Brett's the respectable um, champion, I guess, is what we're going for.
0: He's the young upstart who feels he's better than his big brother and is never given the opportunities. He's living in Brett's shadow. Brett's, Brett's forcing him to live in his shadow.
1: Yeah. And obviously, he kicked the... He kicked, I can't fucking say it. He right, kicked Lola. Brett's leg out of his leg. <laughs> so we get the wide shot of Madison Square Garden as Vincent and Lola talk about the upcoming match. Uh, the spootiest of spooty, spooty pyro comes from the ceiling. Wow, it looks utterly shit but this is march 94
0: you know indoor pyro unless you're going to be going to like a Megadeth concert <laughs> what are you gonna have
1: i'd probably rather just not have the pyro because this just looks like shitty sparkers people like dropping from the ceiling almost whatever i mean so, wor-
0: uh, i was gonna say the worst thing is i was about to say oh it's it's you know you don't really need to have pyro but then i just thought why the fuck has matt cordona got pyro on aw <laughs>
1: Because it makes it fun. Yep. I like Pyro. Yeah, I a sport oh, you no. grumpy old I, bastard. <laughs> I like Pyro for the right wrestler, for a
0: chap who's allegedly only signed a five match deal with him and he's in the company, so he's Cody's mate.
1: Yeah, sure. So, oh, and O-ing finally he's first. above six
0: foot. So anyway, yeah,
1: Owen out first. Mate, I thought he looked hench the other day, but whatever, it's all good. Let's talk
0: about fucking WrestleMania 10. So let's <laughs> talk <about Matt> Cordona.
1: <laughs> Owen out first. first. The coolest entrance music ever, apart from the Beverly Brothers. Uh, until his brother comes out, who has a much better music. <laughs> uh, genuinely, right? So, it's there's these two or three moments here. that I'm just like, fuck, you don't even need a video package. These two are so good at like telling a story. Owen comes out in the same shades that Brett wears to the ring and tears them up in front of a young fan's face once he hits the ring. And I'm like, yes it's so good so simple as well i know and i know it's coming right i know how it sounds this music of brett's right i know what the music is i've listened to it a million times i know it's coming i know brett's the opponent but instantly the second you hear the guitar goosebumps just like flood down both my arms like every single time without fail we've said this on previous podcasts but the fact that
0: people seem to admit Bret Hart as one of the greatest of all time, especially in modern fandom because he slated Triple H once and said he'd give him a four out of ten. When well, in comparison <laughs> to Bret Hart and the ability to cut a promo and carry the WWE for a dark period, and he didn't bang Vince's daughter like savage. I mean, Triple H. Um, you know, he carried that company. He was a huge star anywhere outside of North America. He's survived being screwed over by fucking Hogan after that shit show at the end of WrestleMania 9. Fucking A. Should have hit him over. Yeah, exactly. And had Hogan put him over, then he would have been a star in the States. But the problem was that Brett,
1: Brett was just too good. Yep, 100%. So, hook it to my veins, please. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Yes. Fuck yes. Bret gives his shades to a lucky fan at ringside who sticks his tongue out. Pretty funny. Lawler <laughs> puts over Stu Hart's orthopedic tuxedo, which I thought was hilarious. Bret and Owen lock up. They break it. And Owen celebrates like he just won the fucking strap. I love Owen so fucking much. <laughs> he managed to survive a lockup and so start starts celebrating and you're like yes so good
0: it's the whole one upsmanship again though that they've managed to successfully ex- execute from the get-go that owen is like i'm better than brett i'm <laughs> I, he can't beat me in a lockup he's not the excellence of execution i'm the excellence of execution
1: the next spot is owen kips up out of a head scissors that brett manages to get him into celebrates again and shouts at the camera i am the best (laughs) so funny but so well done like you totally think this is the person he actually is you know he's just letting it out yeah noxious shit bag he loved it the match is just absolutely classic brett is dominant throughout everything they do gets a reaction Uh, Owen finally lands a spinning heel kick after Brett's early dominance. Still one of the only guys to do this spinning heel kick, by the way. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah, him and And Walkman. Him and Walkman
0: are the only ones who know. But as you said, Owen's just perfection.
1: The way he immediately mocks Brett by doing Brett's outstretched hand gimmick when he lands the first move successfully. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's just so, so good. I'm going to run out of expletives for how much I fucking love him. But it's what it is. Do you think from this standpoint this was because obviously
0: brett did, brett wanted to get owen over into this main event scene how much of this match do you think was brett how much do you think was owen's idea and how much do you think was a purely collaborative standpoint
1: uh, i would say it's mostly collaborative because it's two brothers working you know with and against each other at the same time i imagine there's lots of legitimate one-upsmanship here as in, we're going to just go out and do this. And Owen's like, oh, are we, Brett? Okay, Brett. You know? And then they go to the ring and they kind of do it as they want to do. And they've obviously wrestled each other a million times. I think they wouldn't need to plan anything. But this match is meticulous from start to finish. That's I the imagine... reason I asked.
0: Because the, yeah. the, the little nuances, like you said, the the outstretch, Owen mocking Brett's pose, the, the celebrating when winning a lockup it's just those little things that you know because brett was so good at putting matches together you know case in point summer 92 where he carried the bulldog through a whole match and one of the best matches ever
1: absolutely but when they're hitting the high spots of this match and there are some seriously fucking awesome spots here you know do you ever think that brett went oh yeah no worries owen i'll take your tombstone <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: going to be perfectly safe. That was the one thing for that whole match that did make me shudder a little
1: bit. It's a case of bloody hell. Yeah. Well, he lands it fucking short and stiff, you know, yeah. as, as Austin knows. So uh, Owen goes to the Dynamite Kid style headbutt, but Brett rolls out the way. Brett does his sequence of atomic drop, gut punch, Russian leg sweep, backbreaker, elbow off the top, so fucking smoothly. Like, I cannot iterate how smooth Brett is! It's it's like unfair how good he is at times. It's like we know it's coming. We know this sequence of moves. You've seen it a million times, but every time, I'm just like fuck, this is good.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing that worked really well with Brett. And again, the more people should go back and watch him and understand it. Every single Brett Hart match is different. But it always has that that run, that sequence move, that breed of familiarity where you know it's coming, but you don't expect it. You don't know. You know it's coming, but you don't know when. And the way he just fits it into the, the style of the match that he's in. And again, more importantly, he can do that all to
1: opponents of most sizes. Absolutely, man. There's this amazing sequence once Brett has done his stuff owen immediately returns the fair favor by landing his insiguri and then both men reverse the sharpshooter and you're like the logic the fucking logic it's so good and sensible and smart <laughs> then brett does a house show dive immediately selling his pre-injured leg because it's like the one thing brett shouldn't really be doing in this sequence he gets over over overly confident he takes a risk you know and that leads to owen spotting it faking out brett kicks his leg out of his leg again <laughs> and then goes to town on brett's leg over and over and over and over and you're like oh this is like phase two the middle section of the story you know you, you're dragging out like you're getting to that thing and they're teasing you going look we, we might do this you know owen might just beat brett and they really tease it beautifully then there's a bit of a segue here where i spot vlad you know in the ringside super fan vlad yep did you notice what he was wearing with his mates <laughs> oh no i didn't they had tuxedos on right but but the- <laughs> well, they didn't have the jackets. it's obviously quite hot but they had a big like instead of just like a normal white shirt they had big w w f painted in red on the tuxedos <laughs> i was like of course you did anyway uh, owen has brett's leg brett lands an enzigiri to owen now using his own shit against him Owen does Brett's chest uh, first bump into the corner. You know the thing I'm like, Brett's the only guy that ever does it. You see Owen doing it. You're like, oh, it's so fun. Uh, I just, I was marking out like fucking crazy at this point. When you see Owen do Brett's bump, you're like, oh, that's just for us. That's just for us smart little bastards that know that's what Brett does, you know? (laughs) Um, Huge leaping pile driver by Brett. He starts to dominate Owen, even with the sore knee. Uh, Superplexes by Brett vince is shouting at brett to cover owen because he won't do it brett grabs a sleeper owen mule kicks brett in the bollocks owen locks in the sharpshooter brett clearly fucking taps here can he do that joey but he's just slapping the map but from the camera angle like i probably thought brett had tapped already at this point did Nin- you get n- that
0: 94 wwe didn't have tap outs they were still in the lift raising the hand and letting it drop three times or just say I, I quit. They didn't have tap out at that time, really. Not in WWF, they didn't. It was only later on, coming into the Attitude Era and the dawn of the UFC, that you had tap out. Are you sure about that? I think I don't. ever recall them having people tap out. I think it was always giving up, giving up. I I'm never to think of from like a submission to finish time.
1: from like an early show. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. I don't know if that's real or not. But anyways, <laughs> I, I trust you. I don't uh, was- it's only from it's only from memory because I only
0: recall tap outs ever coming in 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 the Attitude era. I mean, for example, Million Ooh. Dollar Dream, they'd pass out. They'd never tap out to the Million Dollar Dream. Shame, same as Roddy Piper's Sleep Hold. They'd never tap out. They'd pass out and he'd drop him. That'd be
1: it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember anyone submitting thinking about it. It's always uh, the big pinfall for the WF, isn't it? Yeah. Or, you know, passing out. Anyway, so Brett reverses and locks in his own sharpshooter, but Owen grabs the ropes this time. This is where you're like, hmm, I smell that finish coming. It's on the agenda. (laughs) Victory roll attempt by Brett. Owen has none of it. Sits down into it. Brett's shoulders are down. For the one, two, three. Owen wins. Owen wins. Owen wins. Brett looks shocked and is just sitting in the middle of the ring. I'm devastated that his brother's tricked him into winning. He's outmaneuvered him, you know? Uh, Owen steps right up to Brett. Owen shoves his middle finger into Brett's face. And Brett just takes it, like, fuck. <laughs> and it's the best bit of storytelling. This obnoxious little brother who's managed to trick his older brother. And Brett doesn't even react. He's just like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> Beat me when he shoves his middle finger in his face. Also then followed up
0: by the fact is, hang on, surely then
1: we should have Owen versus the
0: winner of Luga versus Yoko. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that was never the stipulation.
0: No, ne- never. But it just seems a bit like, oh, so Brett's lost, but he can still go for the belt because he's definitely undefeated. He's on an undefeated streak. Yeah. What a match though.
1: Easy five stars. Agreed. This yeah. this is not the sort of match you want to follow. <laughs> I was completely spent. That's the one note I've got after this is I am spent. I'm not sure I can like pay attention to the rest of this. I've just nothing's ever going to compare to that. It's a good
0: thing the match following it was certainly nothing that needed to
1: compare to Owen versus Brett. <laughs> so Vince sends us back to Tom Pettengill backstage with Way. a jubilant Owen heart. Yeah, nice Tom Pettengill uh, spot here. Uh, Owen doesn't think Brett has a hope in hell in his title match tonight, <laughs> which I thought was such a good line then todd sends us to a classic wrestlemania 2 moment with gorilla monsoon doing the voiceover just to throw it out there between every match there's one of these segments where they go oh look at this thing that happened at wrestlemania 2 oh look at this thing that happened to wrestlemania 3 i'm not going to talk about them all i will talk about the ones where they missed the main events and things like that but like you know we'll move on so come back to the ring and the ring announcer goes not only is he the president of the hair club for men but also a client Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to Cy si Sperling. And I'm like, what is this shit?
0: <laughs> he doesn't use just for men.
1: Cy <laughs> si turns his back to the hard cam and introduces his newest creation, the Fink. <laughs> he didn't create the Fink.
0: It was awful, which is why what I were loved it. What you thinking?
1: Were you I, missing your hair at this point?
0: Well, that's why I thought he turned to the hard count to be like, ah, "I've got hair on the top of my head." And I thought, "You piece of shit!" In 1994, <laughs> I think I was thinning.
1: <laughs> bam, bam. Think introduces the next match. Thank oh, for- the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, what is that about? So, mixed tag team match of Bam Bam Bigelow and and I quote here his main squeeze Luna Vachon versus. Dink and Doink.
0: Are you ready for the backstory? Because, you know, don't get me wrong, (laughs) this is the Owen and Brett trilogy, but I know that people want to know why Doink the Clown and Bam Bam Bigelow have legit beef at this time. You go for it. You go for it, mate. So they started feuding um, at the tail end of 1993 where Bam Bam was getting annoyed by Doink's pranks. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so ba- basically Doink had been going throwing confetti over Bam Bam, tripping him over with a broom. Classic stuff that Bigelow must have bloody loved. Um, and uh, Bam Bam retaliated by um, beating up. And I quote from a report from Dave Meltzer, Bigelow retaliated against Doink and Doink's midget sidekick Dink. <laughs> Lovely. Um, so, was a
1: different time, Tax.
0: I know, but still. But... This match was booked at Survivor Series 93. There like, seems to be a lot of starting points for all these uh, Mania matches. Um, yeah. But Bigelow couldn't beat, um, beat them because Doink didn't compete. <laughs> so it was supposed to be like Bigelow and his team against Doink's team. Doink didn't compete. I don't couldn't find out why. But instead uh, of having Bigelow's team, uh, he faced... <laughs> The bushwhackers and men on a mission dressed as doinks. <laughs> 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 of course, yeah. Perfect sense. And oh then, God. Th- Then, because this just led on to the mix tag between uh, Bigelow and his main squeeze and uh, Doink and Dink.
1: Classic storytelling. Um, Bam Bam. The goddamn bumps this big man takes off of, like, the smallest thing. He is so, so underrated. We've said
0: about Bam Bam in previous podcasts about how... How good he is! How good he was as a human being! How agile he was for a big man! The fact you yeah. know he's
1: ma- he's main evented more manias than CM Punk. Yeah, fucking a.
0: But again, so's Lawrence
1: Taylor. <laughs> Vince tells us at some point during this match that he's worked out that Lawler is not a nice guy, and I'm like, yeah, no fucking shit. Had yeah, he seen some backstage antics? <laughs> yeah, he went down the playground before the show, you <laughs> so a dink tags in. Where so Savage was pushing Stephanie on a swing. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, Dink tags in. So does Luna. Because women Dink and, is also w- a women woman. Women small people. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Luna's also a, <laughs> Luna's also a mini. Luna's <laughs> also a mini. I mean, I, I would guess we shouldn't assume genders or, you know, how would you put it? size is um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's just move on. So, uh, Dink can take a great prat fall off the top rope, land on his feet, do a front flip, and I'm like, what the fuck am I watching?
0: At this stage, I've made a note. My note said, Re future podcast episode. Let's do Hulk Hogan's micro championship wrestling as a pod. oh
1: I mean, yeah, why not? That'll be politically correct. Absolutely. We won't get in trouble for that one.
0: Well, it's almost like a promoter ruining OWE UK running the Dwarfinators.
1: <laughs> yeah, fucking A. So, speaking of pratfalls, Bam Bam and Luna are chasing Dink around the ring and not being able to catch him. It's, it's <laughs> hilarious stuff. here. Really, really fun circus time, you know. Uh, Bam Bam dumps Dink off the apron. It gets a bit messy towards the end. A bit
0: messy. <laughs> that is being very polite.
1: So, Bam Bam lands a dynamite kid-style headbutt off the top and I'm like, repeat the spot much? Uh, opening match. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. For the one, two, three, okay, so the winners are Bam Bam and Luna, yeah, fair enough, but the best bit comes after the match tax It's just the best. <laughs> they try to do a spot where Bam Bam and Luna are meant to miss big splashes to Dink at the same time, but as, <laughs> as they go to do the splashes, Dink rolls out of the way of Bam Bam directly underneath Luna, who squashes him <laughs> like a fucking bug it's <laughs> so funny the reaction of luna to be like you're not meant to be here fuck off out of the ring and just lobs him forward. <laughs> oh, oh, good so Lord. good
0: <laughs> so good
1: maybe one of my favorite spots of all time like rolling out of the way bam bam and looking up and there's luna in midair i mean
0: in fairness that's what you'd want of the two <laughs>
1: Yeah, sure, sure. She she does. She doesn't think he's gonna be there, so she just lands a full force on him. Oh, it's so
0: funny. And as you oh, said, then the a, the after, the aftermath when they were just like trying to then
1: like he had to try and no cell being
0: <laughs> squished, and they like stomped him to get him out of the
1: ring. It was, oh, <laughs> oh,
0: beautiful,
1: absolute best moment of the night. So funny. Anyway, hell to the chief, plays. And I'm like, um, what? And what is quite well? Are we going to put this out? It's Bill Clinton. <laughs> it's not really. It's a lookalike. It's a not even a very good lookalike. To be totally fair, I I just popped because IRS was there. Yeah, so IRS is sitting behind him, and I think the joke is meant to be Bill Clinton didn't pay his taxes, and so they've got a lookalike and IRS sitting behind him because you know Vince McMahon's a fucking evil Republican, right?
0: I was going to say more importantly Mike Rotunda and Ted DiBiase weren't obviously good enough to be booked on WrestleMania 10 after watching Dink get flattened by Luna
1: yeah it's weird that they're just used as kind of characters sitting in the crowd here with yeah I don't like it so Gorilla goes over the WrestleMania 2 moments um, and a massive racist hot dog and <laughs> Andre <laughs> um, wait Adam Rose's rose oh. were there <laughs> So, well, nice. So I have a secret, tax. Do you know what my Ooh, secret is? I, do, I, like, I like a secret. Are you sure you want to tell it to, to on, the, on our podcast? I know the secret to whenever a WWF match is going to be good. Do you all know what that secret is? It doesn't involve crush. It doesn't involve crush. <laughs> it is if the Macho Man is in the match, I'm guaranteed to enjoy it. And then I see that he's wrestling Crush (laughs) in a (laughs) Fool's Count Anywhere 60-second count match. And I'm like, okay, come on, Savage. This is the one. If ever you're going to pull something shit (laughs) and make it watchable, this is the one. Can you do it, my friend? Here's a fucking challenge. And I've got to say it. He smashed it out of the fucking park. (laughs) He's the best. Thoroughly enjoyable. And
0: again leading into a storyline coming back from july of 1993 into this so savage and crush were friends they were buddies they were compadres and on raw i think it was uh where was it was in my notes 12th of july There it is, 12th of july yoko was uh challenged by crush for a title match and then the match yoko performed the bonsai drop after the to win and after crush match, didn't win what do you mean no
1: <laughs> i haven't
0: i haven't been back to watch the match on raw because i don't want to ruin the illusion that it was a, a
1: five-star classic he was undefeated throughout the whole of 1992 i'll have you know <laughs> <Never> <laughs> unbelievable <beat anyone.
0: laughs>
1: but after after the
0: after he lost to yoko yoko hit him with another three bonsai drops and then while and then various wrestlers ran to the ring to help help crush and then after the third Bonsai drop, Savage eventually turned up. Crush then didn't appear on Raw until October. My birthday. October the eighteenth. Go team. Yeah. Here come <laughs> here, here comes all of our you've given away your your birthday and mine. We're gonna be prime for people to try and steal our identities now. Just notice yeah, this I'm is all right with it. Just notice that's Tax Williams' birthday. The actual uh, you know, character <laughs> who plays Tax Williams, his birthday's fucking different because that's how involved I am in a character, motherfuckers crush appears <laughs> <laughs> you've got kayfabe birthday right skip to the end <laughs> crush then appeared on raw accompanied by mr fuji and the reason why they had beef is because <laughs> crush was like you should have turned up sooner to save me from these
1: bonsai drops was com- the best logic ever like i knew this story and i'm like i'm a good guy i'm undefeated okay we need to get him over as a heel what we're we gonna do We'll take him off TV for a while after getting squashed and we'll bring him back with Fuji and some face pain. Sorted. <laughs> so Crush the best. turned...
0: Such good logic. Crush turned on Savage and dropped him over the guardrail, giving him a lacerated tongue. Another storyline oh, I remember from back in the day.
1: Not a lacerated tongue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then just to really uh, assist it, then Yoko came along and gave him a bonsai drop. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this led to various things on on raw so savage left because it was still on commentary left the commentator position in like a raw in november to attack him to attack crush and then jack Tunney announced that savage was suspended from commentating what a dream (laughs) i'd love someone to suspend (laughs) me (laughs) and then um would you believe it survivor series 1993 uh, Savage and Crust caught each other to be eliminated from their respective matches and that led us to the Falls Count Anywhere 62nd match.
1: I miss wrestling promoters knowing what they're going to be doing in a few months' time. It was such a good moment. Uh, however, whoever
0: created this concept of a match is a fucking moron.
1: Yeah, so there's this... I mean, every single time it happens land of hope and glory kicks in and you're just like ah listen to the pop (laughs) it's just the place goes fucking mental and macho walks out in his two-tone rude boy gear and i'm like oh oh,
0: oh."
1: (laughs) this is a man after my own heart you know the checkerboard fucking shit oh so good good old beetlejuice (laughs) yeah very beetlejuice so can you explain the rules of this match
0: well I'm sure you know people who listen to this podcast know how a Falls count anywhere matches that you can pin your opponent anywhere uh in the oh. any anywhere and have 60 seconds to get back to the ring to be declared the winner obviously that's how a Falls count anywhere <laughs> match works right so basically yeah. you have to you have 60 seconds from pinning your opponent to get back in the ring however if you are both back in the ring by that 60 seconds the pinfall doesn't count and the match continues
1: crush bra making kids cry bra that's a reference someone out there will get so anyway so let's test my theory about this whole can macho man drag anyone to a decent match because this is going to be the test um, no 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 andrew so, martin wasn't there <laughs> so macho charges crush to the second crush walks through the slidey big doors and the crowd eats up crush press slams macho onto a guardrail, rail lacerating macho, his tongue again <clears throat> macho sells it like he's been fucking shot for the one two three and i'm like no is it over <laughs> little did i know i generally didn't get the rules so i thought this was just the finish of the match i'm like what the fuck is that it it's fucking randy savage in a 60 second match but no it's the 60 second pinfall <laughs> <coughs> excuse me I, as you said Vince just says. re-watching this and because
0: i thought i wonder when ah I I didn't recall any pinfalls, but a pinfall Mm. straight from the out, it's like bloody hell
1: yeah it's odd it's very very odd so vince tells us we've now got 60 seconds i'm like wait what and fink tells us that macho has 60 seconds to get back in the ring and you're like oh this rule is fucking stupid <laughs> so, <laughs> macho lands the elbow and has to awkwardly drag crush to the outside because he landed the, the elbow in the ring and he has to get him outside the ring to not get back in the ring <sighs> so to pin him on the outside this is just so silly Uh, They brawl into the crowd. Uh, Obviously, Crush gets back in the ring, blah, blah, blah. Uh, They brawl into the crowd, into the backstage area. Uh, But, you know, WCW did that first in 1997, right? Yeah, 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 sure. It wasn't macho. Macho doesn't get credit for fucking anything. Stephanie
0: McMahon is the reason why he gets credit for nothing.
1: Tax, stop it. (laughs) Disgrace. Absolute disgrace. It's Randy Savage. You're besmirching
0: him good use of the word besmirch excellent work
1: my brain isn't working very well because i'm very sleepy so i don't know where that word came from <laughs> it's there so macho oh in the funniest fucking moment ever hogtie's crush hangs him upside down from a bit of scaffolding the rope, the ropes almost immediately give way which does ruin the visual just a little bit <laughs> Uh, he's still hogtied, but Crush is like face first on the floor rather than suspended in the air off the scaffolding. It's it's fucking brilliant. But this is the moment that, you know, you mentioned earlier. Well, um, got any opinions? What do you think?
0: Beautiful, great use of uh, <laughs> hang. Because again, only five years later, we you know we we hang the boy, big boss man. I bet Undertaker was like, lads, what we want to do is want to hang him by his feet. And what actually happened was someone said. Do you remember when Crush got hung by his fingers got <laughs> dropped on his <laughs> noggin Well we don't want to drop boss man on his head so let's just throttle him round his neck anyway and do it that way.
1: <laughs> what do you think about this was the bit that made you remember it
0: I mean I sometimes in wrestling you don't remember the good things <laughs> yeah it was a crea- we'll talking about Rey
1: mysterio's eyes for years now you know?
0: I think it I think it was a creative finish. for the time period and the audience that they were appealing to at 94 before they were fully into the attitude era because this is just at the end of new gen and you know it was sensible why how would you know savage has been busted and shot over a guardrail and he managed to get back in the ring rather than crush who's you know taken the pinfall and shouldn't be able to get back up in 60 seconds it in a way, it sort of protect. <laughs> in a way, it sort of protected Crush. So he did. <laughs> okay,
1: Let, let's, let's let's put it out there, right? I know we shit on Crush because it's Crush, but he's actually pretty good in this match. In fairness to to Brian Adams,
0: some of the stuff he did, like in Chronic, Chronic, were great. I really yeah. like the work of Chronic. Two big steroid freaks, squashing jobbers. Like I'm fine with it, you know. I'm on board. <laughs> what we need yeah, is sure. another. Una- what we need is another bunch of steroid up junk monkeys, junking <laughs> around and squashing tag teams. Fifty Scott Sliders, you know. <laughs> That's all we need. <laughs> with a 33 and 42.35 percent chance of not getting tested
1: positive for nandrolone. <laughs> <laughs> So once this whole shit has happened with Crush and Macho and the scaffolding, Macho runs back to the ring, beats up Fuji, think counts down, your winner, Macho Man, Randy Savage. The stipulations were dumb as fuck. But this is Randy Savage, so of course he made it work, you know. Fuji did his thing, contributed. Crush was surprisingly good, sells strong, uh, did a sick super kick at one point fucking spot monkey (laughs) (laughs) but even with all the dumb stuff going on like macho's ability to sell and get people involved and tell the story and make the crowd give a shit about it, it it's second to none really
0: even though you know some of it's been a little bit shaky already in the first three matches we've had Three of the best in-ring workers of all time, one of yep. the best big men in the business, and one of the top minis, and Crush.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Gimmicks are plenty, stories are plenty, You know, everything has a purpose, a uh, context, it's, it's it's great, it's really, really fun. It's a good thing that our next match, obviously I know we've got a few bits to get for it, isn't just a box-ticking exercise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we have a little clip back here of WWF Fan Fest. Uh, they they quote that thousands of fans were there. I say this video makes it look like there's about twenty people there. It didn't look massively busy. But this was
0: important to the one of WWE's business models because this was the first time. This was essentially the prelude to Access. So this yeah. is the first time they'd ever done anything like this. And if you imagine the money that access generates over a manial weekend for people wanting to go and get their photographs of the Bellas or commentate next to Michael Cole.
1: Boo. <laughs> just Michael Cole sitting there going, all these people are really good at commenting. <laughs> uh, until no, Michael Cole, until it until it's it's just turns up. <laughs>
0: Oh, poor, poor, until Excalibur turns up and he's like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Although, you know, Excalibur's in a bit of trouble at the moment, isn't he? That's what I've uh, I've read into. I don't think he's a COVID sufferer. I think he's just been put on the sidelines just due to something
1: re-emerging from PWG. Oh, I didn't know anything about that. I'm there's, sure he said some fucked up stuff in PWG. It's all jokes and stuff, you know? I yeah. don't know if there's anything I, serious. I think that's, that's the thing.
0: There was a promo him and Kevin Owens did that was slightly insensitive. <clears throat> slightly quite insensitive, but they which they had apologized for the time but as always with anything on the internet you've had your time you've had your name dragged through the mud but now we want to really rectify that by dragging your name through the mud again and making you accountable for
1: things again (sighs) yeah let's not get me started on this because this week's been i've just been watching shit happen i'm like what the fuck are we executing people now for like you know not betraying their best friends and stuff and i'm like fucking hell mate imagine it's your best friend you know how would you feel like i'm not saying that everyone's right or wrong i'm just saying let's not fucking execute people for doing nothing anyway so uh macho waiters th- uh, there's this amazing bit where this fanfare shit's happening you know um they kind of pay it off because they've got the close circuit television thing next door where i'm assuming the triple a show was held <laughs> <laughs> No, you, you got confused yeah. there because there were more people in attendance. <laughs> <laughs> There's like 10 times the amount of people. But it, it's really cool. They cut to it and they, they scan a camera across as Macho Man Randy Savage comes out of the front near the screen and kind of wades into the, the horde of people. ah uh, It's a really beautiful moment that Savage is celebrating his big victory with the fans who are watching next door. With Cain Velasquez. <laughs> <laughs> you know if you cheer louder the wrestlers will work better for you yeah that's how it works yeah yeah good good how have I've you noticed that harder? i put that clip at the end of every podcast now
0: well you've got to cheer louder for us and we'll do a better podcast <laughs> if you like if you like what you're doing remember to leave us a five-star review on itunes or whatever podcast platform is. and maybe you leave us a five-star review we'll take it seriously bye <laughs> <laughs> buy a t-shirt off, <laughs>
1: So another classic WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania for a uh, macho winning the, winning something. something <laughs> I forward. thought you were about to go, and another classic WrestleMania match, Alondra Blaze versus Leilani Kai. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the next match, WWF uh, WF World Women's Championship match. Alondra Blaze, the current champion and everlasting champion, apparently, especially in 94. Jesus Christ, they never lost the belts, did they, <laughs> these women? Build up legitimate champions yeah for like generations uh at against the kai kind of these two um you know they used to just pop up every now and again they weren't as regular as they should have been and they're pretty much the only women on the roster as far as i'm aware
0: yeah if you didn't want um may young on your card then this this was it it was it was either alandra blaze going against leilani kai or they would they bought in bertha Fay as mm-hmm. well um you know it's wwe didn't understand how to book women or find decent women's wrestlers in the early 90s unfortunately and when they signed medusa they was like oh shit she actually wants to work oh no bring in the cat
1: (laughs) (laughs) so Lilani kai has this like spongebob hawaiian music you know it's it's kind of brilliant fink announces medusa as alandra (laughs) bass and i was like oh fink what happened the hair follicles Um, (laughs) <laughs> oh we didn't even talk about him did we so uh, Fink had a wig on earlier when they did the whole you know here's my creation and uh, yeah it uh, doesn't suit him very well
0: it's so, alright we we save that for what happens in a few matches
1: time don't worry oh that is the thing isn't it I forgot about that so it's been like a week or so since I actually watched this show because obviously we've had to delay a little bit so I'm just uh, going through these notes going oh yeah that happened <laughs> so um I, I wonder I've if you got, have as many notes as I have for this <laughs> Well, my first note says Bayes gets some. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Bayes gets some HBK-esque spooty pyro in the ring. I was like, oh, pulling out all the stops. And then my next note says, if this goes more than two minutes, I will be shocked. An Owen Hart match graphic briefly appears, and you're like, huh? <laughs> that was definitely a mistake. These ladies are not hanging about. Uh, really fun lucha spots. A couple of close pinfall attempts. Lola has a good line about Alanja Blaze, says, with her looks, she could star in Western's if she had more <laughs> two more legs. <laughs> 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 what a dick. Um so almost exactly two minutes after the bell first rang, Baze lands a German suplex for the one, two, three. Fuck this company. A winner, and still Alanja Blaze. Yep. The match occurred. That was good. The camera pa- pans past. Classy Freddy Blassie, Classy Freddie Blassie, it's still hard to say an English accent. Lou Albano, Nikolai Volkov, may Young and Moolah. We're just kind of chilling out at ringside. Basically, like,
0: May Young and moolah were basically sorting the lads out for the
1: evening. You <laughs> <laughs> got Classy Freddie Blassy, Lou Albano and Nikolai Volkov. I wanna see I wanna hear what that conversation is. Booking. <laughs> <laughs> I can still go. I can still go. <laughs> alandra blaze does the ron simmons ring exit on her way out that i thought was awesome and we cut to another wrestlemania moment piper wrestlemania five um do you want to talk about that match i mean yeah
0: good german suplex good bridge
1: yeah they're very talented it's just disgraceful the way they're booked um so Le- let's move on leilani kai was
0: only bought in just to have one final farewell it's yeah, what i'd say on this sure. one but yeah mm-hmm. let's move on to our uh,
1: i love tag wrestling <laughs> so as money inc sit in the crowd doing their fucking you know bill clinton lookalike bullshit and the bushwhackers are in the dark match <laughs> mm-hmm. so we're um heavenly bodies to be fair to them Hello workers and you know <laughs> really another awesome wf tag teams at this time next up is the wf world tag team championship match of the quebecers fucking a eh? Jacques and Pierre, a.k.a. Mounty and PCO. Good man. With their manager, Johnny Polo. <laughs> Your boy. <laughs> Who are our current champions? You're like, wait, what? <laughs> Versus man. Men on, mission. on mission. With of Oscar. Mabel and Mo with Oscar. So Oscar is performing at Madison Square Garden. What the What the fuck? <laughs> He's rapping. And Mo doing wait, wait, wait. his best impression of being in a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can't understand a fucking word Mo is saying on his rap. He's going blah 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 blah. It's it's abysmal. What right? you don't know if you actually
0: turn that up and play it at, at like double speed, it actually says, Your time is up, my time is now. <laughs>
1: Big Vis, minus the bin bag, is having a lovely time until Voska, Oscar steals the whole, whoop, there it is I'm like, hang on, <laughs> tag team. There's a big fucking single at the moment. This is 94. You can't just steal that shit. And Mabel's sitting there going, I'm going to be the third man. <laughs> <laughs> we randomly cut to a Shawn Michaels, Burt Reynolds segment with uh, Rhonda Shear who apparently is the host of Up All Night on USA. She is the epitome of a tarted-up, tarty-90s I'm, tart. I'm struggling not to use the word tart. prostitute. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. A lady of it, the night, if you will. Hmm. Do you want to describe this segment? Shit. <laughs> I don't want to it's mince filth. my words because I know you're tired, but it's... it's um, it's very much pre-attitude era
1: it's absolute fucking filth but reynolds is basically raping a woman on national television it's disgusting it's, it's really bad like for me you know i'm pretty liberal with all this sort of shit i don't give a fuck it's fun but this is
0: <laughs> that's a quote i'm
1: pretty liberal about this shit it's all good fun <laughs> but, I love a bit of rape. I'm a bit liberal, but <laughs> No, 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 no. I mean just <laughs> sexual content being on TV. Like uh, but this it, oh, it's oh mm, it's not great. but Reynolds though, funny. Well so, just <laughs> a low <late learning laughs> kai wrestle wrestler horse. So.
0: <laughs> but <Berlola. laughs>
1: Uh, so we had to watch this shit instead of the Quebecers' entrance, which I was furious about because they are—they have they're got the the very rare. <laughs> We're the Mounties. They're handsome, they're brave, and they're strong. And Johnny Polo's there too. So good. Then Laura has a couple of fucking hilarious lines here. Laura about Big Viss. When he was a baby, he had to get baptized at Sea Yes the other one was forget the bathroom scales these guys need to be weighed on richter scales (laughs) yeah (laughs) good stuff vince vince
0: fat shame him jerry fat
1: shame (laughs) (laughs) there's no such thing as fat shaming it's 94 it's just banter you know so pco is a fucking madman bumps over the top to the outside missing a leg drop off the top fucking madman like Mick Foley gets a lot of credit for crazy bumps pco is as bad Johnny Polo's
0: facial expression when he did that. It wasn't even like selling it. His facial expression was like, what the fuck has he just done?
1: <laughs> yeah, massively so. What do you think about Johnny on the outside? Loved it.
0: This really, is Raven. we're talking about in case you don't know.
1: Really obnoxious
0: heel manager. I mean, to be fair, Quebecers didn't need a manager. They, they were both pretty decent on the mic anyway. I know Mountie sure. who spent most of his time with Jimmy Hart in the early days and the feuds of the boss man, but man having having johnny polo as a manager there because i'd forgotten he managed the quebecans because all i really remember his management stuff in wwe was was when he was managing adam bomb
1: mm-hmm. i mean i'm not surprised you forgot it mate it's not exactly memorable he doesn't fit the gimmick he's an american they're canadian it's just the whole thing's a bit like they've got accents let's give them an american who can talk to southern rednecks you know this is when it was important for Hills to have managers. Most Hills had managers or, or True. face rappers. <laughs> rappers? Let's not call Oscar a rapper. He's a human being saying words. Does that's, not rap count, good sir. That's rap?
0: Words? <laughs> so plural.
1: Mo takes all the heat if you've ever seen a man on a mission. you know. Is that what they're called? Men on a mission? Yep. Good. If you've ever seen one of their matches you know how this is going to go. Mo takes a heat Gets a tepid tag to Mabel. I think that's fair. Uh, A weak T tag. There you go. Very nicely put. Quebecers land a suplex on Mabel because they are giants of the industry, (laughs) which sends Johnny Polo into a fit of happiness. He is outstandingly funny on the outside. The Quebecers hit an assisted senton thing. I'm like, what the fuck was that? It looks insane. Uh, Malfunction at the junction. Men on a mission. Takeover. Their shitty assisted splash off the top thing. God, it looks fucking terrible and dangerous. Uh, Everything po- men on a
0: mission did was dangerous. <clears throat> Fuck me, they were awful.
1: Yeah, really, really shamefully bad. Uh, Johnny, Polo and Oscar caused the distraction. But Mabel and Mo do their shitty finish to the outside. Apparently the ref has counted out the Quebecers. What even? The winners have been on a mission, but still tag team champions, the Quebecers. Uh, did uh, what, what? There were people in the ring, but you still counted them out. What the fuck? Can he do that, Joey? I thought it was
0: because Johnny Polo had pulled them out of the ring. Because he'd pulled them out of the ring, bef- and then that's where they got counted out.
1: Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> don't, don't care. But anyway, I mean, other, than, other than, Johnny Polo, other than Johnny Polo... WrestleMania, son. What's this finish? And Money ink weren't even on the flipping card. Oh, disgraceful, man. So... Men on the mission stand tall in the middle of the ring with the straps. Um, Those straps are bloody gorgeous. I need to bring them back. The old tag straps are really, really good. So one of the things I wanted to pitch to you here was when Vince dies, can we just bring back all the belts from the 90s?
0: I think when Vince dies, uh, that will be the end of the company. They've sold so many shares now. They're set up for life. Why would they carry on? I mean, seriously, why would they need all that? They've got more money than they can shake a stick at. I love shaking sticks yeah. at money. Why, w- why would they bother? Because they're not going to make any more money. This this was the peak. This Fox deal was the peak for WWE. Unless they do something clever with their content creation, that's it. So when Vince dies, yeah, let's bring back all the good belts because they're, they're there, but we need to keep changing the belts so we can sell them as a merch stream because that's all they Fair are point. now. Yeah, that's yeah. all they are. It's a stream of merch, like that new US title, like the new NXT title, oh, like the so updated ugly. TNT title that I was hoping would look really nice when they got it finished. And now I hope they come back and go, Oh, you're yeah, still not finished. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, they did they actually yet. finish it?
1: Yeah, I saw a picture of it and I was like, well it's still fucking ugly, isn't it? Is that the finished version? Yep, that's. Oh. Well, to be fair,
0: the first TNT one was the finished item and then they turned around and said, oh, it's because we weren't able to get someone to gold plate it during COVID, yet we can still run wrestling shows. We can't go to a fucking jeweler or Belts by Dan or Leather by Dan or whatever he's called in the UK and get him to do the belts for us.
1: Oh, uh, my days. But anyway, shame. So, classic WrestleMania 6 moment. Hogan puts over Warrior. Generally a really, really good moment. Ron DeSheer and Donnie Wahlberg walk up. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Ronda is the bell ringer. I'm sure she's rang plenty of bells. <laughs> Donnie Warburg. Wahlberg, Warburg? Warburg? Is obviously one shitty celebrity too much as he gets booed the boo treatment from the fans. Donnie introduces our special guest referee for the next match. In head-to-toe zebras, it's Mr. Perfect. He is selling this referee role... More than most people are selling on this show tonight. (laughs) Do you think what
0: happened was Savages, like Seamstress, had leftover material?
1: (laughs) So Perfect was like, I'll have that. Here we go, Tax. WrestleMania 10. Wait, wait, don't you fucking step on my line again. Here we go, Tax. (laughs) WrestleMania 10. It's not all good. (laughs) It's 10 years in the making. (laughs) Go on, what are
0: you going to say? No, you do a bit, and I'll I'll rant about
1: it in a second. WrestleMania 10, it's not all good. WWF World Heavyweight Title Match, featuring our special guest referee, Mr. Perfect. It is Yokozuna, our current champion, with James E. Cornette and Mr. Fuji doubling up on the managers, versus made-in-the-USA Lex
0: Luger. Why the fuck was this not ma- this not second, giving <laughs> Bret Hart an unfair advantage going into the second match?
1: Tags, would you like to tell us about the build for this
0: match? I know you're a fan. This is one of the best six hours on the <laughs> WWE network I could possibly ever wish on anyone outside of the PC Combine. This is So good- to
1: give our listeners a little bit of a backstory. Sometimes I'll say to you, can you do a bit of a backstory on this? Or whatever. I knew I didn't have to for this one. <laughs> I was like, I know if I just go, go on, tell us about it. You'd have all the information. So go on, do your thing. Dear listener, let me
0: take <laughs> you back to the 4th of July of 1993 to the oh, Yokozuna pretty... Body Slam Challenge on the USS Intrepid. Oh, friends, this was a time <laughs> where nobody could slam Yokozuna and they invited sports stars and wrestlers from around the world to try and slam The definitely not Japanese Samoan Yokozuna.
1: (laughs) He had salt. He must be Japanese.
0: Throughout the day, people tried and failed to slam Yokozuna, including so close macho man Randy Savage to slamming Yoko. And then no one could slam him. But what's that in the distance? We've finished the challenge. There seems to be a helicopter oh. flying down. Who could possibly be on that helicopter? Walking what's out in, in the
1: distance.
0: <laughs> walking out in red, white, and blue. It looks like it looks like it's got everything. Some would say it's the total package. Oh fuck no! It's not. It's Lex Luger.
1: <laughs> and then America. Lex Luger.
0: And then Lex Luger comes along to slam. Big Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid. One of the rumored venues for SummerSlam this year, but it's not <laughs> happening. Because why would you not have SummerSlam on a fucking boat? <laughs> but this this, this began, would you believe it? After slamming Yoko on the USS Intrepid, this began Luger's push. So much of this push, it took almost a year for him to get into the fucking main event. <laughs> it started strong where um, Luger was going to challenge Yoko at SummerSlam 1993. So if you recall when we might have mentioned this about Luger before, this is when Luger won the match by countout, didn't win the title, but they still lifted him up on the shoulders and did all the pyro and balloon drops and everything. Um, this had also led, leading up to SummerSlam in '93, the Lex Express. Oh, yeah. Do you what remember some of these vignettes of Lex Luger? Absolutely. Yeah. And the worst part of the Lex Express was Lex was expected to live and travel on this bus into, like, Buck Creek Nowhere to go and shake hands with people to raise his profile.
1: No, no. The worst part about the Lex Express is it featured Lex Luger. (laughs) That is the problem here. this This is...
0: this is where it started going wrong for the Lex Express because Lex didn't want to be part of the Lex Express. He's like, I'll just fly into (laughs) the next town and refuse to travel on the bus. So in like all these little towns where there wasn't an airport, they're like, where's Lex Luger? And they're like, uh, busy.
1: (laughs) It's so fucked up. Like, So Vince comes to Lex and goes, we're going to make you the next Hulk Hogan. Okay, You can literally hear like, in the background as vince is giving the speech you know lex is like so what am i gonna do vince and vince is like we're gonna buy you right this a bus we're gonna make you mr america mr usa you're gonna go from town to town and all the fans are gonna get to know you and you'll get to interact with the fans and lex is like yeah i could just get a plane and you could just do all the bullshit for me <laughs> you know, like, are you surprised vince didn't pull the trigger on lex ever like come on dude
0: Well, after SummerSlam, they they called off a little bit on him. And to the fact that Luger even had to compete to enter the 94 Rumble. Um, And he won. um, He was, uh, I I can't remember. I think it was something that he was supposed to be like like wrestling with like Great Kabuki. And um, was it Tenru who were also in that Rumble? Probably. Um, I don't know. they'd remember. all tried to prevent Luger coming in and Mr. Fuji tried to do it and then as we mentioned the opening match of the card um, Luger and Brett both Miraxi fell over the top rope at the same time and declared co-winners Luger won the hmm. coin t- sorry Brett won the coin toss so Luger had to face Yoko first knowing for well in two matches time he'd have to wrestle again <laughs> can we jump into the match? Yes please US- oh, by the way, if you want to go and watch the USS Intrepid thing, it's on the network. It's fucking awful.
1: <laughs>
0: but My awful, it, you mean the best thing ever? Yeah, it's funny just watching Fuji because you know they're in the middle of the ocean. It's fucking hot. And it's basically <laughs> Fuji keeps on going to Yoko. Keeps on going to Yoko. He's like, oh, pretty pretty hot, not
1: wearing shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so Yoko the champion comes out first. God damn it! This feels surprisingly racist. Just me.
0: <laughs> Awful having a Samoan man as a Japanese sumo fighter with his as Japanese managed bad guy with salt, and
1: their... the white guy, you know, Mister America. Like,
0: I mean, WWF.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like. I don't remember it being this racist. <laughs> like watching it back, you're like, oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> It's what the people wanted
0: at the time.
1: <laughs> so Luger also gets the shitty spooty pyro from the ceiling treatment. Cornet's gear. Wow. I was sitting there going, I bet Tax is jealous of what Cornet's wearing at ringside. Uh, it's I love gold, as gold I, member would once say. I love <laughs> gold. I've got to describe it as Sergeant Pepper, but gold sparklies.
0: Jim <laughs> <laughs> Jim. James E. Cornet and the Lonely Racist Hearts.
1: (laughs) Vince putting over Luger strong on commentary. Not with finishes, but he's talking him up at least. Lex Luger,
0: look at those pythons. Where's the other guy who had pythons? Oh, he's recording Trouble
1: in or Thunder in Paradise or whatever it was (laughs) called. Three Ninjas, bro. Yeah, that's a fucking banger. So that is, by the way, one of the worst movies that have ever existed. We have to review it. It'll be so funny. We haven't done a bonus pod in ages. Let's do three ninjas soon, yeah? Yeah, yeah, well, Christmas is coming. <laughs> I've got to find it. Someone must have a distribution thing of it somewhere, but whatever. So, Yokozuna. I've not watched much Yokozuna, okay? And I've watched a lot of video packages. I've watched WrestleMania 9. You know, I've watched a few Raw's and things like that with him. Seeing him here, he is astonishingly agile for a man of his size. Yoko so good. I never understood how good he was until you see matches like this against fucking someone as bad as Lex, Yoko looks oh, astonishingly good. I've used that word way too many times today, but yeah.
0: I, I, I run out of superlatives when I start watching Yoko because as a big man, he does everything he's supposed to as a big bad heel and then everything else on top with his agility, his athleticism. But still, even though this runs really good for
1: Yoko... Man,
0: his tag with Owen
1: was so good. I need to watch some. I really really need to watch some. I'm assuming we might get a little bit of it later in this trilogy, or is that later Uh, on?
0: Might be just a little bit after we finish, but we might get just a little bit of it.
1: I'm thinking maybe I'll try and watch some of the shows in between the pay-per-views we're doing. So um, hopefully I'll get to see some there at least. But even if it's post the shows we're doing, I'm still going to try and watch it. It's almost like this is a great... I was
0: going to say, it's almost like this is a great growing testament to how much we enjoyed Lex Luger's work in here, that we were talking about Yoko's (laughs) tag with Owen in our future podcast episodes, and actually covering, oh, look, Luger's slow. He's going to (laughs) set up
1: for his metal-plated forearm smash. (laughs) Oh, shenanigans. There's there's one bump that Yoko does that I know he's done before, but seeing him go backwards, a 400-pound man, like he's easy 400 pounds here, going probably
0: near 500 at this stage. Yeah
1: going backwards out the ring between the middle and bottom ropes to the floor I wouldn't want to do that now ouch it's it's incredible that he can do that and be this size it's it's made amazing it's so, the fact they put in Yoko that was a
0: case of you're gonna need to work two matches your big 500 pound mass of a man yeah 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 Astonishing.
1: just wish he would stayed in shape a little bit better and survived a bit longer. Because you think about all the stuff he could have done, you know. There were
0: all the stories that he wanted. He set his goal to become like the heaviest man or something like that. And then he started piling on, piling on the way and obviously when you're that size, your health's going to suffer instantly. There there are stories that people have described Yoko as like he got so big and and, and Fuji would look after him genuinely like in the real world look after Mm -hmm. Yoko as he goes around. And there was a a horrible story when Yoko was really gaining weight, where some of the boys in the locker room made fun of him because he sat on like sat on a toilet and it just collapsed under his weight while he was shitting, and then Fuji had to help clean him up because he couldn't reach round to to sort itself out. And I and it's yeah. one of those things where you think if that ever happened to me in my life and something that embarrassing had happened to me and that you you felt your own self feel like heartbroken that happened. That surely should have been the sign to be like, maybe this isn't the best way for me to go about making
1: a career. Talking about crushing shit. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. They do strikes and rest holds. A lot of rest holds. (laughs) Do you notice the long pause I left there? Because that's it. Um, Until Yokozuna obviously has had enough. And he's like, lay down, legs. Here's a Vulcan death grip. Vulcan death grip. Hour later. <laughs> well perfect stands staring at these two in absolute disgust at the lack of action yokozuna has a busted up lip i'm going to assume it's because lex is a shitty wrestler so yokozuna's like nope and just puts lex back down on the mat with the vulcan death Grip locked in another hour passes <laughs> 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 oh, this is where lex does that cell job that i tweeted at willpower yeah i'm just just saying if he falls out the ring and bumps to the floor stands up walks across the (laughs) across the aisleway to bump on a different bit of the ring rails or whatever and then the look on fuji's face is like fuck that guy (laughs) she just walks past him casually In Luger's defense, you know, we've
0: seen people slip downstairs at Triple Mania. Maybe it was just a bit soggy on on the surrounding mats at ringside. Maybe he's just slipped over.
1: Let's move on. So the last 43 minutes and 57 seconds of this show are taken up by another couple of Vulcan death grips. Lex is overselling every strike and bullshit thing that happens, but is barely selling this Vulcan death grip. It's literally like ninety percent of the match. L- 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 Yoko's got him on the floor. I was like, "Nah, man, you ain't doing shit to me anymore." Uh, Lex is the absolute shit. Um, Lex Hulk's up, and the fans give zero fucks. Lex, the face, slams Yoko's face into an exposed exposed turnbuckle. Ref, ref, can, he, can, can he you can you do that? Can you do that, Kurt Yeah. <laughs> Lex goes for the scoop slam and almost drops Yoko right on his fucking head because he's a useless piece of shit. Cornet and Fuji both bump for Lex because you have to get some heat somewhere, you know. I feel like this was called on the fly. They were just like, fuck, no, no one gives a shit. we <laughs> have got to do something. <laughs> Jump in. Lex has Yoko pinned, but Perfect has to check on Cornet, so Perfect won't count the fall. Lex turns Perfect around to count the fall, like, come on, dude, what are you doing? But Perfect then has to go check on Fuji. Logic. These are What's- injured people. He's the referee. <laughs> what a fantastic I mean, does he have his referee's license? I never checked. <laughs> 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 Mr. Perfect decides to disqualify someone because it does is not clear at all at the end of the match. Think chimes in. And still don't know heavyweight champion, Yokozuna. Thank fuck for that. So, we have to jump backstage to get like the finale of this match, if you will. Pettinger, wait, is backstage with Perfect. Perfect explains that Luger can't touch the official. Correct. Nice to have a finish explained. You know? <laughs> Logic. Almost like a joke you have to explain. Always the best way to do it. <laughs> 99% of all my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... What a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not this good. was
0: your one half of your double header main event title match. It's almost like they thought that putting this after Owen and Brett would have killed the momentum of the show.
1: Yeah. I mean Yoko's good. Fuji's good. Yeah. Cornet's Cornette. good in this. Yeah. I enjoyed Vince on commentary. I enjoyed Henning as the ref. There's the bit where like he puts in the second Vulcan death grip and Henning is literally just standing there going, You could, you know, do some wrestling.
0: <laughs> uh, the I, fact I, Kurt Henning I know mean, I, I think Henning was injured a bit at this time, wasn't he? Which is why he wouldn't have been on the card. Because they had their little little run in at Caesars, didn't they? Oh no, that was was that No, that was Henning and Luger, wasn't it, back at Caesar's Palace when they were fighting backstage? god i'm trying to remember because there was a match where because that was when it was narcissist lex luger and him and henning were fighting backstage in the parking lot i think
1: and that was when luger started turning face (laughs) sorry you said fighting in the parking lot wrestlemania and i'm like that was the show tax (laughs) (laughs) anyway so classic wrestlemania 7 moment jake and rick Martel do a blindfold match nothing else happened on that show definitely not so fink introduces harvey whippleman Whippleman calls Fink a monkey-faced New Yorker. And I'm like, oh, careful. <laughs> and he is mean to our boy Fink. So Fink shoves Whippleman to the ground. Yay! Which brings out Adam Bomb. Boom! <laughs> Bomb goes after Fink. What a piece of shit. But Earthquake is here for the save. Queuing our next ECW-style introduced match of Adam Bomb with Harvey Whippleman versus
0: earthquake once again reiterating money inc and kurt henning are not on this
1: card power slam big whoopsie one two three earthquake is your winner yay (laughs) you know what this is is because they're like oh
0: shit we've got nine wrestlemania moments and only eight matches
1: quick get another match (laughs) in there just
0: put another mania (laughs) moment in there
1: so uh, we'll get to it in a second, but this is not the only thing that I think was rushed or cut in the case of a different match.
0: Well, we know what was definitely cut later. We'll get to that after the mm. the great classic. But I mean, I like the f- I. I would always love John Tenter because he's also a man in his twenties who started losing
1: his hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in a posh restaurant, you get that course in between all the other courses. You're you're posh. You'll get this. <laughs> 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 there's like a, a sorbet or something i believe it's called an amuse bouche if you, you will you want a palate cleanser as well if you will absolutely God. that's what this match was it's exactly what i needed after that bullshit before it Earthquake squashing adam bomb with harvey whoop didn't think like yeah fucking a i'm in it's great
0: <laughs> i maybe vince on the fly i was like who have we got backstage oh uh, we've got adam bomb we've got tenter
1: oh fuck all right <laughs> everyone gets a payday. <laughs>
0: hopefully it's based on minutes in ring Uh, i hope tend to earn more than fucking luger
1: (laughs) to be fair could we give these two half an hour instead i bet that'd be a better match
0: isn't brian clark currently in prison for extortion
1: (laughs) no idea i didn't even know he was alive still most people from this era are kind of dead at this point so Hmm. that was a (laughs) negative thing to say
0: sorry (laughs) As I was going to say that, let, like, let, let's not look down the card cuz you've got Owen gone bam
1: bam gone oh, I don't, don't ri- do that don't do that I can't handle it I can't Okay I will stop on. I will stop no problem So we go backstage to Todd Pettengill again there's a lot of Todd Pettengill on this show which This time the- <laughs> with an angry cornette and yoko zuna Cornette calls Todd Pettingzoo <laughs> which I marked so hard for <laughs> Cornette does Cornette. He may be a cunt, but he's the best talker in the history of pro wrestling. There is no question about it. Performer Cornette is very, very enjoyable to watch. Human being Cornette.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, there's a bit where, um, what's the other manager? Fuck his name. Fuji. Fuji. In, and Yokozuna turns to him and goes, "Horse oh, you half to <laughs> <laughs> Just fake Japanese. I'm like, that is the most racist shit I've ever fucking heard like what i just did is an amazing impersonation of it you need your whoa your items uh, you, my uh, phone just perked up like need my consent on a few items
0: what the hell was that that's exactly what yoko was saying to fuji to get him as a second
1: signatory i need your consent on a few <laughs> items and it just came out really badly I, my phone just like fucking came alive what was that i'm gonna I'm, well, we'll do it later anyway so <clears throat> cornet says You talk about waking a sleeping giant. He's not only awake, but he's mad. He's enraged. He's furious. This is all off the top, by the way. And he's hungry. He's hungry and he wants to be fed. And Bret Hart, he's going to be the shark. The wrestling ring's going to be the ocean. And you, Bret Hart, are going to be the blood poured into the water. That ticks off the feeding frenzy. Oh my god, Cornet is the fucking best in
0: ninety-four. I mean again, do you see those promos off off the cup? It's like everyone when we and us included, we wax lyrical about Flair's post-rumble promo in ninety-two, where everyone's like, tell them perfect, and perfect's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's those people and it's those wrestlers it's those characters those personalities which carry a show and that's why there are these memorable moments outside of cm punk's inverted commas pipe bomb and maybe Mm -hmm. roman reigns being booed five minutes going it's my yard now how many memorable promos in the last
1: (coughs) 10 years can you even think of if we're talking exclusive WWE. It becomes very, very difficult to find, like you know, those classic one-liners and such. Find and the
0: time a- they got script writers, and that will be the date that these wonderful promos stopped.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, classic WrestleMania eight moment. <laughs> Undertaker was there, did a few things. Uh, <laughs> there's only two matches left. We now Undertaker's know Undertaker's not event.
0: here this year because he got yeah. buried in a coffin.
1: That's. Uh, mm. So, we, what is that why? It Back injury, team? time off. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. So, we now know there is only one main event left. It's going to be Yoko versus Brett. But this pay-per-view is widely known for two matches. The opener with Brett and Owen and this. The ladder A match ladder idea match. stolen from Brett Hart. <laughs> it was stolen from Bret Hart. The first ladder match broadcast by EWF. Notice how I phrase that? Because it wasn't the first ladder match. For the Intercontinental Championship, our current champion, Razor Ramon versus HBK, Shawn Michaels with Diesel. I mean, it's one of these things that I'm just like, I'm just going to sit back and watch this because fucking hell is it good.
0: Incredible stands up. In today's time, even going through like the shitty storyline that there are two IC belts, um, this was where HBK had been stripped of his IC title because he hadn't defended it enough, and um, and basically the rumours in the in the dirt sheets and on the line on the line <laughs> on the line. I mean, how <laughs> old am I? Oh, just get it on the line. Uh, <laughs> was that it? Was this storyline was done because HBK was refusing to drop the belt? Yeah. Razor won it in a battle royal um, and defeating Rick Martell, who was the other finalist in the angle. Um, HBK refused to acknowledge the change. And then they had to decide who the true IC champion was because they did like two boat, two belts on the TV show. And they hung it
1: up. Yeah. Love it. It's so cool. The two IC belts gimmick is so much fun going into this. Like I didn't know the backstory at all, really. So they do a quite good job of explaining it here and there, you know, and uh, cheers for that. but um. Yeah, the announcer tells us that there are no rules. And I'm like... And then goes on to explain the rules. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't know about this. Um, The match itself... It's just bloody brilliant. I can't think of how to describe it. I haven't written down the spots or anything. It's just insane. Like, It's just a match you have to go and see, I think. The best
0: thing about this match is... It led to the 10 man or 12 man tag being cancelled to be following this. <laughs> there have been stories that the, the producers were selling to the referee in his earpiece, telling to Razor and Sean to go home. And they both went, nah, fuck that.
1: And just went to <laughs> business for right.
0: themselves. Because this, this is from a gimmick match. I genuinely, I believe this is the greatest gimmick match of all time. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It has to be. I, I just,
0: as you said, this this wasn't one to sit back and take notes. If you're a fan of professional wrestling and you're listening to this podcast, you would either already watch this match and know the intricacies of it and sin it on se- several occasions. And if you were not a fan, and again, thank you. I, you know, I know we always make jokes about, so, oh, you must have watched this if you're a wrestling fan. If you are someone who got into this into professional wrestling in times that say um, the attitude end of the attitude era, if you got in basically in the reality area as they called it or with like Cena and all of that like ruthless aggression and you've never seen this match we do say this sometimes on the podcast but genuinely if you want to watch like half an hour of fantastic storytelling great in ring work and innovation with a ladder that set the foundation for what made the Hardys, edge and christian the dudley's so popular and mainstream superstars this is the match that did it
1: sure it's reckless at times it's dangerous at times the story is perfection it's scary and terrifying and shocking but two best friends beating the shit out of each other knowing they can do it safely it's it's wrestling perfection it's It's not my personal like favorite kind of wrestling. This kind of dangerous, fall into the ropes, fall back on the broken ladder. This sort of shit, you know what I mean? I don't, don't dislike it in any way, shape, or form. It's really, really good. But it's if you're gonna do this style of match, I think this is just about as good as it's ever been done. Every bit
0: of risk and every bit of violence had its place, and. it just evolved and it developed and it got more and more grandiose. When you see things like Money in the Bank matches now, it's just spot fest for spot fest's sake. This was just uh, similar to Brett and Owen. It was all about one-upsmanship of utilising the ladder in more innovative ways. And as you said, considering 94, this was the first ever ladder match on WWF TV, they set the bar impossibly high.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the finish comes... When Sean is climbing the ladder, he talks way too much. <laughs> Razor tips the ladder. So Sean crotches on the top rope. Really cool to see this bump for the first time. HBK gets his leg caught in the ropes and Razor starts to climb the ladder. Sean gets himself free, but then gets his arms trapped into the ropes. Razor grabs both the Intercontinental belts, falls backwards off the top of the ladder, dragging both belts down with him, taking a huge bump uh, and winning the match. It is iconic to say the least, bro. It looks so, so cool. so
0: iconic. We didn't even have to do the Iconics tag team thing because it didn't need to. I did even it even a even little joke. bit without even thinking about it. I went, oh, iconic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> It, so, it, it needs no it it was great it was yeah. as you said it's two great workers and this 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 is what made hbk I I honestly believe this is what made the fans suddenly go ah and this was the start of the turn I believe this is after this show this is where Vincent McMahon went in and was like ah we've got a
1: baby face on our hands. Yeah, sure, sure. Which is a mistake, We're looking back on it. But you know, yeah, it worked out. It's it's again, it's sloppy and dangerous at times. But that's the whole point. It's meant to be. You know, it's meant to look terrifying to the average fan and stuff. A proper blood feud match just sets the standard for these kind of gimmick ladder matches. You know, but it might
0: have in the in in for
1: timing out a show might have gone a little
0: bit too long
1: <laughs> because we cut backstage to a bunch of jobbers and je double fja double re double T Wide double j backstage uh something about not having a 10-man teg- tag team match because sean's a selfish cunt <laughs> you know it is what it is
0: <laughs> yeah basically it was going to be a 10-man tag which is going to be irs head shrinkers rick Martel and j double double a double t taking on the one two three kid bob sparky plug to tunker and the smoking guns bang bang uh, wow, but the match, <laughs> the match was called off. The match was called off because the heels couldn't decide who would be team captain.
1: So they said, "Fuck it, we're not going to do it." <sighs> yep, yep. Good, good story time Perfect. So Ted DBRC cuts a promo on <clears throat> Bill Clinton. What a pile of wank this gimmick was and so uh, we can't do wrestlemania 9 uh, highlight moment that does not feature hulk hogan just something about you know yoko screwing over brett that's how wrestlemania 9 ended right X. don't let the truth get in the way of a good story exactly so uh, i have something that i've just realized at this moment as i'm now reading this i haven't watched the last match on this show <laughs> <laughs> Legit, my last couple of weeks have been that insane. I've watched all of this apart from that main event because I remember sitting here watching it going, I can't keep my eyes open anymore. I need to go to bed. I'll watch it in the morning. It'll be fine.
0: Well, fuck.
1: Should we do a live reaction to it? No. I'm going to, because
0: I've made beautiful notes of this and I don't have the ability to get it up on my antiquated Mac. (laughs) So I'd have to basically unplug everything and go into a different room. Okay, let me put it
1: to you this way. You know how, like, you know, um, I have login details for the network. If I could post them to me, that would be really useful right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got a new Crikey. computer that I haven't even got logged into the network yet. Shows how much WF I watch. W-E, sorry. I
0: don't even know the name uh, of the company. <laughs> we'll resolve that later. But I can understand why you fell to sleep. But you missed so much.
1: I, I know event. what happens, so if you want to go through it, okay, just say what happens, get to the finish and stuff. We know it's Brent Lex. I've seen the match before, but go on. So basically, we are now set for.
0: Well, I'll let you introduce our main events of the
1: evening. Love you, think, miss you every day. <laughs>
0: we um we are greeted first by our special guest referee, one Rowdy Roddy. Sorry, Tom Pritchard. I mean Rowdy Roddy Piper. And we also get a few celebrities. So we get our guest ring announcer of Bertie Reynolds and the Ooh, guest yeah. time teacher of uh, Jenny Garth of Beverly Hills 90210. Because that was a popular thing in 94? It was. Um, Brett attacked, was attacked by Yoko before the bell. They were playing up the knee injury. So he's all over him until Yoko made a mistake. And my my very detailed notes wrote, heart knocked Yoko to the mat. <laughs> Cornette tries I mean, to that is do. what he- happens, to be fair. But yeah, Cornette tries to do uh, heelish manager stuff and strap Piper, so Piper, Piper punched him in the face. Mm-hmm. Yoko does his big heel leg.
1: managers getting their comeuppance, you know, it's really good fun, especially with Piper making his little WrestleMania spot, you know.
0: Yoko dropped a leg drop, missed his avalanche, and then Brett tried to have his little hope spot till Yoko got him with a belly to belly. Yoko attempted a bonsai drop. But oh, he lost his balance, Rich. He lost his balance and he fell to the mat. And uh, he Brett, did. Brett basically pinned Yoko because he missed the giant whoopsie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to finally see a big star. You know, I guess that's what Yoko is at this point, putting over Brett clean. Like how we've craved this for years and years and years. And I know it's not tapping out to the sharpshooter, um, but how the fuck is he going to put down Yoko? You know, he, he's not going to suplex him or do the sequence, is he? Because it's fucking Yoko, for God's sake.
0: You know what I mean? My favorite part of this match, and again, this match was nowhere near... I mean, it's not Brett Owen. And in fairness, it's not Yoko's performance trying to get Luger over. This is very much a, like a smash and grab. They're running out of time. Their pay-per-view feed's going to end because HBK and Razor went too long. But the best part of this match, not the part you're thinking, which we'll get to, The best part is I always love these things where the faces empty out the locker room and raise up the champion because you can see which really needy shitheads come out and (laughs) celebrate with them and want to be one of the two people to hold the wrestler up on their shoulders so they can get in all the magazines and get all the shots. Bob fucking Holly and macho Randy Savage lifting him up. But he's joined in the ring not only by these wrestlers, Vince on Contra goes, and I'm going to go and join him. So he puts down his headset to go and celebrate. Um, Gorilla Monsoon's in the ring you've got Piper Luger's out and they do the whole let's shake hands Bret Hart is definitely the better man and Luger's the shit Um, (laughs) and also Burt Reynolds in there Rhonda Shear basically all the celebrities are in there Uh, until we started the episode with HB uh, started the episode not with HBK he's the reason why we had to rush the finish we started with Owen and Bret (laughs) And we finish with a dejected Owen Hart. Earlier in the day, he'd beaten his brother. He was on top of the world. He said, "I, you know, Yoko's going to beat him to then come out and see Brett. It's still the all-conquering hero. Brett's still the ones the fans are cheering for. He lost. And Owen's just stood there thinking, no one's celebrating him. They're celebrating a
1: loser. And that's how we go off the air. It's just the best, man. A little bit of storytelling with Owen and Brett there so much fun because we know what's going to be coming down the line Uh, i will say the the footage the finishes uh the finish (laughs) let's put it that way then like you know there's that bit where vince goes what is i can't remember he says something along the lines of oh yoko's damaged his head or something you're like did he i didn't see that his cranium has been
0: well and truly cracked (laughs) yeah exactly
1: it's uh, it, it's fine I'm just happy Brett won that's just as long as that happened after what happened to Wrestlemania 9 I don't give a shit how it happens we just need Brett to win the belt and that's what happened here
0: it got his redemption and that, that that's the most important thing they they made a star yeah. I mean would you, would you be shocked to hear that because you know some because we're obviously going on to Brett and Owen for the next two episodes of our of our trilogy would you re I mean, we could bin that off and continue the men on a mission versus Quebecers <laughs> tag <tech> team plan.
1: <laughs> nah, you're right. I'll stick with this. This sounds like more fun to me.
0: But but they went on to win the belts nine oh, days later on Raw.
1: Amazing. Let me get right on that for you now. It was l- an umpalella. L- l- <laughs> <laughs> do,
0: do you know what the notes said? And cool. I will read this verbatim. This is said to have been an unplanned title change as Mabel <laughs> accidentally <laughs> fell on Pierre to get the pinfall. The total reign only lasted two days, however, as the Quebecers won the, the belt in that a legit? rematch. Wait, is that He That's accidentally fell on him and got
1: the pinfall. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, oh, that man. can't be real, can it?
0: That's the source that I've read. And, <laughs> let you... Here it is. and, and that, that source was... Um, <laughs> from online world of wrestling archived it was originally posted and it's a tag team profiles men on a mission so that's where that came from
1: brilliant absolutely love
0: it (laughs) can you imagine that Vince McMahon Mabel what the fuck are you doing I just fell on him boss (laughs) I won the bell accidentally maybe this is where you're going wrong (laughs) PCO what the fuck did you do not kicking out have you tried kicking up
1: that lump of shit off (laughs) mate you know when Matt Terry was like the hustle heart champion (laughs) yeah (laughs) You just fall onto to him, you know, during a match. Uh,
0: also, fair play to Matt Terry, who today got his uni place at um, Kent Uni Yay. to study media yeah. studies with a year abroad. Well done, Matt Terry. I know you don't listen to podcasts because, you know, you're better than that.
1: As a person that has a film, radio, and television degree. Yeah, good luck with that, mate. It's important to get an education in this day and age. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I learned so much of my three years and fifteen thousand pounds later at university I, that was well spent anyways
0: that's <laughs> right he's, he's involved in british wrestling he realized he's never going to have any money <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it was great fun so uh cool let's let's get to the end of this cornflake rating right for the show for the whole show yeah whole show
0: i really enjoyed it i said i sent you a message before we, we recorded this I think because I've watched so much shit wrestling in a while, this was the first card I have watched. Current wrestling,
1: you mean? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I, I, wa- I got to watch this card start to finish the morning after we recorded the uh, the GD- GWF podcast. It yeah. was in in the morning. I dropped my daughter nursery. I watched it start to finish, and it was glorious. I enjoyed it so much because this the memories from this time for me, which is difficult because. The, the emotional feel I get for this show is greater than the actual quality of the event. <laughs> so, yeah, I get for it. me, in ring, you had two quality matches, two of the greatest matches ever in a WWE ring. But the, so the rest of the, and the ladder, card, ladder match, yeah, yeah. But the rest yep. of the card was a was fun, but in ring wasn't <laughs> great. So I'm going with That's three thick. three cornflakes, but. Five Cornflake matches for both Owen and Brett and the ladder match.
1: Interesting. Uh, So if we're talking like, you know, what I enjoy about professional wrestling, which is things how how we have to come at these, really, I'm giving this a four. Because all the bullshit in between, I laughed at so much because it was so bad. Like little Richard lip syncing, at least I thought he was at that point, because that's how it's portrayed. You know all the Burt Reynolds like terrible grotesque stuff in between. I was just like cringing, like kind of how The Office makes you kind of laugh, cringe. You know, uh, the vast majority of the stuff. And then watching Lex Luger and Yokozuna, I was like, fucking you! Now I need a skip button for these rest holds. But all the bits of Lex selling in between always makes me piss myself laughing, and it has two outstandingly good matches and a main event that I didn't watch. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah I, I, luckily I'd seen that before so I know the ending and everything but yeah it's you could play, play me that Brett Owen opener 10 times and I'd still be entertained by it because there would be something else i spot, I spot or a little nuance I missed or a bit of communication between the two you know that's the best thing about these two matches they
0: stand up against anything in today's market it's that they are brett and owen for the first essentially the first match in inverted commas they had it's you know it's exciting to see what they can go to next in the trilogy which is why i think this was the best point to start this trilogy i'm going to go and find the match where mabel fell on pco (laughs) (laughs) recap it for the opening of next week's pod yeah crikey where can people find you on social media
1: uh, you can find me at fanboy rich push your shit well yeah right now if you want if you like the movies uh go subscribe to Cineworld. world we're doing a show every week that i'm editing which is a lot of fun um that's the main thing right now uh yeah go subscribe to Cineworld. world trust me also i will throw it out there if you uh subscribe to wrestle talk or whatever where or obviously i'm an editor um, we're gonna be doing live reactions for some of the big upcoming shows and I'm gonna be producing them and I'm doing all the graphics and all the streaming software. We're updating it significantly because, you know, we wanna give you the best experience as a viewer or whatnot. So maybe tune in for one of those live reactions as you're watching SummerSlam, let's say. Because, because it's uh, fun when your friends do something wrong live. <laughs> very much so. I will fuck it up, I guarantee so uh yeah come do that it's gonna be fun come watch along subscribe to wrestle talk How about you uh, You can find me at tax
0: williams across social media i don't give a shit about wrestling anymore me and mr wicked do pie club once a month and it's the best thing in the world wrestling <laughs> can fuck off are you really pie clubs pie, we had our second pie club on thursday um which funny. is brilliant um the host provides the pies the visitor provides the cheese accompaniment and we rate the pies. I've already written to the uh, an email to the British Pie, so Melton Mowbray Pie Judging Committee to see what criteria they rate their pies on so we can replicate this at Pie Club. And our end goal is to be like the hairy bikers or maybe have like a short on BBC Two, like on a Sunday evening, of two ex wrestlers going around tasting pies around the
1: country. Oh, amazing! So uh, let me ask you this question for the first time then, how's your pie?
0: Well, this I mean, this could turn into a complete pie podcast. We tend to review four pies a month. Pies, mortgages, Warhammer, <laughs> everything but wrestling. It does make me wonder how not only my married also had sex with a woman wants to prepare a child. Prepare a child? <laughs> in pie mode. We've got Careful to do pie preparation. <laughs> um. Yeah, they've been they've been excellent so far. I I had a mail order pie uh, delivery for the first Pie Club. <laughs> Mister Wicked was on holiday camping, and so he picked up some from a butcher's in Portsmouth. See, I was
1: I know that you're getting back in shape and stuff, so I was shocked to hear that you were into pies. But the fact that Wicked's into pies, I'm like, hang on. <laughs> yeah, we only do it once a month. We 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 work
0: on our abs. Uh, If you want to work on your abs, make sure you subscribe to Setgo Gym Plus so you can work it at home as well from Mr. Wicked. Uh, And then eat a pie. (laughs) And then eat a pie. Uh, My phone uh, choked
1: up again. Did you hear that? Sorry? My phone started talking to me again. The fucking piece of shit. I'm going to have to sort that. that is. Anyway. That's it. You go and give that phone what for. You show her who's boss. (laughs) Next week, we will be doing Summer Slam 1994, part two of our Brett versus Owen trilogy. I can't fucking wait and I promise to watch the whole show this time. Can I just double check to make
0: sure I'm not getting my uh my dates mixed up with here? SummerSlam 94 is also one of the greatest main events of all time where we have Undertaker versus Undertaker.
1: I believe you are right. I'm just I'm so check. excited.
0: No, it definitely is. Oh, okay. It's in Chicago. It's in Chicago. <laughs> the yeah, is so hot
1: it's scary so i mean essentially the main event is change from the doa versus the undertaker so look forward to that
0: no it's paul bearer's undertaker versus the million dollar man's undertaker i'll have you know <laughs>
1: amazing this has world been a wrestling... lot of fun yeah thank you man i appreciate it world of rest pod on twitter world of wrestling best place to go find us and communicate suggest shows to us uh, we're running out of things to do we've got a massive massive storyline after we've done Brett and Owen. But we'll probably do a spot show here and there in between those. If you've got any requests, give us a shout. Find us something interesting, something theatrical. You mean it's potentially the SCPW
0: Christmas pantomime? <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> I'm going to win that fucking belt one
1: way or another. <laughs> Thank you, everyone for tuning in. Really appreciate it. We'll see you next time, all Right, Bye. The wrestlers will perform for you tonight.